This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The number of BC homes owned by people who live outside of Canada is less than half the number of homes that BC residents own abroad. If that surprises you, well, a new UBC study says blame the narrative that uh, has arisen during the housing affordability crisis, which often cites foreign foreign home ownership as a major contributing factor with little evidence. Joining me now to talk about this new UBC study is Dr. Nathan Louster, Associate Professor at UBC's Department of Sociology. Dr. Louster, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. How did you go about this study? How did it start in regards to just deciding this is something you wanted to, to, to look a little deeper at. Uh, it's a really good question. I mean, effectively, um, Jens and I were both, and that's my co-author, we were both following um, the news stories as they unrolled, especially during the really dramatic run-up in prices um, between 2014 and 2016 around Vancouver. And uh, a lot of the narratives um, especially started, as they started to center on uh, foreign buyers and especially uh, foreign buyers identified as coming from China, um, we started to have some concerns about how this was shaping up, and we wanted to keep track of this, um, push back where we didn't think it was well-supported. Um, and over time, we started to follow the stories, follow where they went as they spread outside of Vancouver to B.C. and to Canada at large um, in terms of these framings that blame foreigners for our housing problems. So, and that's what we wanted to track, and, mm-hmm. and that's what we ultimately tried to track and provide some data about. So the core thesis being here is the number of BC homes owned by foreigners is less than half the number of homes that BC residents own abroad. Uh, and how did you go about it, uh, collecting this data? Sure. For the data for that, um, you know, we combine a variety of sources, but uh, in terms of the ownership of properties in BC by people living abroad. That comes from the uh, Canada Housing Statistics Program. Um, and we also provide some critical looks at that program in terms of its the quality of its data in the paper. Uh, but we still think that's useful data, and we compare that to data from the um, basically the survey of uh, financial security in Canada, which has data on Canadian property holdings. Uh, including their ownership of properties abroad. So that's where we get those two data points from. Uh, You've referred to this uh, as reactionary housing nationalism. What do you mean by that? Sure, I mean that process of blaming foreigners for housing problems and valorizing some concept of who's in the nation um, as the people who should have access to housing. And part of the problem arises because that definition of who's foreign uh, and how we define them as foreign is really slippery. Um, And you saw a lot of different conceptualizations of who gets cast as foreign and effectively villainized as foreign as causing housing problems within Canada um, as the narratives unfolded over time. Uh, So in this case, who do you, maybe? I'm not sure if blame is the right right word, even though I think there was a much-needed conversation around housing, and, it's, and this is a housing conversation that continues to this day, was it uh, 
political leaders uh, who were driving this narrative? Was it members of the media in regards to editorials and the conversations in our in our news organizations? Or is it just a sort of an underlying sentiment the public's had and was looking for a scapegoat potentially? I mean, or is it a little of all of what I've described? I think that's right. It's a little bit of all that you've described. Um, and I think, you know, our, our goal here wasn't to actually assign blame uh, so much as just to track how this narrative developed. Um, and I do think it's kind of complicated. And we point towards this at the end of the paper uh, with respect to, you know, future work that could be done on some people treating this as a strategic moment that they can insert their dearly held beliefs uh, that we need to be more nationalistic in Canada. Uh, whereas other people um, jumping into this conversation because they're genuinely trying to solve a housing problem and this seems like it might be a solution. Um, and I think that that's a complicated aspect of how this works out, that we're not trying to cast blame on people, just trying to note how this has unfolded and where we think it's potentially going wrong. Um. I guess one could argue that if if we are blaming others for our housing challenges, certainly in that period you were mentioning, it could we easily as Canadians could be blamed for exacerbating local uh, housing challenges in in warmer climates like Hawaii or um, other parts of the United States or or many other nations where we where Canadians may own property. Absolutely, and of course that's part of this uh, a very Canadian a transnational identity of the snowbirds who leave. Canada during the cold months for someplace warmer and then come back to Canada during the warmer months. So um, certainly I think that's the case, that uh, if we look at all the wealth that Canada has abroad in terms of properties owned abroad, and if they were, uh, through reaction to Canada's policies, um, uh, penalizing foreigners, if that wealth was actually brought back home uh, to Canada, we could be facing an even bigger sense of uh, of housing crisis in terms of that wealth being brought to bear upon Canadian markets. Mm-hmm. Now, recently, the provincial government uh, uh, introduced wide-ranging housing reform during the fall legislative session in 2023, which is push, they're pushing towards more, more density uh, a, a, on a single-family lot. It is, in many ways, uh, uh, probably one of the most transformative pieces of legislation in decades that we have seen in our province. Uh, And one could also argue that, look, it wasn't just a B.C. issue, that they've had housing challenges in Toronto, they have housing challenges in in Seattle, Los Angeles, New York, London, Sydney, that perhaps some of the ugliness that we saw at that early stage you described did get us eventually to a better place, which is, in this case, housing legislation. And people may not agree with all of it, but it appears that the municipal, provincial, and federal governments are all trying to move in the right direction, which is actually addressing the issue of a lack of housing, a lack of rental housing, and the broader issue of housing affordability. You know, I think that's absolutely right. Um, And I think there's still a live debate over whether we needed that ugliness to get here. Hmm. Uh, But I do think that that's right, that we've now turned towards what really is driving so much of our housing crisis, which is a real crisis of not having enough housing. We just don't have the supply we need. It is uh, in the places where people want to live. Mm-hmm. I just had the immigration minister on uh, the other day. In fact, uh, uh, I will have the post-secondary minister of post-secondary education here in British Columbia on the show uh, later today. And uh, it's a similar situation. We were talking about uh, foreigners being blamed for housing. Even today, it's in many cases, one could argue we've moved to still people who are considered foreigners, but international students and their impact on housing 
on commuting, on all these issues. So it's it's not like the issues that you are highlighting here have gone away. They've just sort of moved away from a traditional foreign home buyer to an international student who just wants to rent, and the fact that they may be exacerbating our housing challenges as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you mentioned, we're also just not not just seeing this in Canada in terms of this uh, blaming. Uh, they just had a piece in the New York Times about Ireland and riots there that were exacerbated by housing issues and uh, treating foreigners, uh, anybody identified as foreigners, if they're to blame for that. So it's definitely something that we're seeing in a lot of places. Now that the housing crisis, especially post-pandemic, has become pretty acute. Professor Laster, really appreciate your time. Thank you for the conversation. I look forward to chatting with you soon again. Thank you. Thanks so much.